Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Arrow Bandwidth. Uh, and uh, today, as per normal, I am joined by my co-host, presenter and partner in crime, hey. Mr. Richard Holmes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and wherever you're listening to this. <laughs> awesome. Hey. hey, I'll tell you what, his, introduced, his introduction is getting better and better, or should I say cheesier and cheesier? Cheesier and cheesier, sure. but we're what? Episode, episode 11? I'm still classing that we're on season 11. 12. Are we on 12 now? We are on 12. Wow. Still season one, though. Still season It could be an eternal season one. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah. we, may, we, may, we may naturally slip into to season two. Yeah. But um, when we lose count and have to restart. <laughs> Already done that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back anyway. on to the topic for today. So um, we're also joined in the studio today with, uh, with one of our special guests, Mr. Matt Devon. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Bandwidth. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Yeah. So, um, beautifully coloured microphones here. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, we try no, no expense spared. No expense spared. Mike, <laughs> Matt is talking, like all of our guests this week, into a pink microphone. I know. There must um, be something about that. And, and FYI, they chose that off their own back. Everybody chose the Guilty. pink Guilty. Yeah. There we go. Um, anyway, so the purpose of today's um, topic, uh, today's conversation, is all around something that's very close to my heart. And I do believe, actually genuinely pulls together pretty much everything we've spoken about on the previous 11 episodes. That's 11, Rich, not, wow. not 10. Wow. Um, the previous 11 episodes, which is integration and more sort of accurately the API economy. Um, so essentially, this the, the basically the title of this um, podcast is API economy. And we're hopefully going to give you a bit of an insight and a bit of a sort of um, an introduction to, to what APIs are, what their purpose is in this world, and uh, essentially how we, um, or how you, should I say, as, as our channel partners, can actually uh, take advantage of them and use them to to further increase your the opportunity and the size of uh, size of business you guys are seeing in uh, in your engagements today. Um, so, as always, or not as always, as this particular podcast, we're going to start with a question. And the question is very simply: What is the API economy? I nominate Matt. Go on, Matt. Thanks for that. <laughs> so I think it's it, it, to some extent can mean different things to different people. I think if you look a couple of years back and maybe even further than then, DevOps was the, the buzzword that people were using. Oh, yeah. Effectively, a development uh, organization, development area of an organization, and the operations talking together. That's basically what it was. API economy for me is more about an area or uh, an offering that you have being able to talk and be enabled into someone else's. So look at Google Maps as a brilliant, brilliant example. Their APIs allows other organizations or the companies to use and benefit from the, the great kind of technology that Google use and their, their mapping mm. tools and add layers onto that and really add value and bring insight out of that. Yeah. The economy terminology afterwards is really just saying that it's, it's a trend. It's where things are going and how, how people should be looking at that. Uh, I think if you get again look at some of the the disruptive uh, innovators, so Uber being an example, yep. they've just released now an Uber API, meaning that other organisations, TripAdvisor being an example, they're doing it, yeah. are integrating into the Uber API. When people are looking at destinations, they're saying, you know what, from where you are now, use Uber and it will cost you four quid. So it's it's harnessing the technology, harnessing other people's innovations, and how you can really build that into a solution that's. 
I guess, better for the end customer and the client that, that's using your experience. And, and I think that's a really good description because, you know, if you think, right, API, what's API? Okay, so uh, we're in the world of IT, so obviously it's an, an, it's an acronym. You know, we live by acronyms. It wouldn't be IT without acronyms. And, you know, you think, right, API, application <coughs> program interface. That sounds scary as heck. Yeah, but but when you describe it in that sense, when you think about it being a way uh, of building applications or, or bringing the features of an application or service into a different context, you know, I think you said this is the theme of, of that's tied together a lot of of our podcasts. I would say another theme has been that. In that innovation, that that transformation, mm. and you know what we do see, you know, you see there's no surprise with, with some of the names you've mentioned there, is we're now starting to see the fact that right, if I produce something and it does a specific job, that doesn't mean that that piece of software, the value from it just ends there, or, or the data that's gathered as part of that yeah. piece of software and that solution, that service, ends there. I think there's a bigger a bigger thing to it though. I think that actually all of the every time we've spoken, we've spoken about two reoccurring themes which we discussed just before coming on air, which are transformation and outcome. Yeah. Now, yeah. The quicker you can get to an outcome, mm-hmm. the more you will transform your organization. But there's a third pillar to that, which is the cheaper and the more um, rapidly and agilely you can get to the outcome, the more you'll, so. What I'm trying to say is if you can, just as Matt just described, you don't have to have your own mapping service. You leverage the best one in the world. Yeah. Other mapping services do exist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so to put this into context, I, I always go back to um, a fantastic quote from 2002 from Jeff Bezos. Now, Jeff Bezos, for those of you who don't know, is the owner of Amazon. Yeah. Now, Amazon grew at an exponentially fast rate. Yep. And um, they enabled it internally through APIs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jeff, and I, I've got his email in front of me, basically sent an email to all his teams, every single person who was developing code or systems in his entire organization, and basically said something along the lines of, all teams will henceforth expose their data and functionality through service interfaces. Teams must communicate with each other through these interfaces, and they will no longer, uh, these will basically form inter-process communications um, linking everything to everything. Yep. And he finished the email with, anyone who doesn't do this will be fired. <laughs> Thank you, have a nice day. Yay. Brilliant. Um, the long and short being that he recognized very, very early on that if you take the great work that your database team are doing, for example, and say, hold on, you are database experts. Expose your database as an API. And then here's the thing, right? The front-end guys... They don't have to deal with databases. They can just leverage your database as a service. Yep. Oh, hold on. We've got an ERP team here. You can leverage that as... And all of a sudden, you end up well, with this very highly, heavily integrated environment, yep. which helps you to scale quickly. Because one of the single biggest blockers to, to development and to being able to be agile and move quickly is the fact that your resources and the information you need to get access to doesn't have a common interface that you can just say, right, I'm going to go and grab it. You know, API stands for application programming interface. And the honest truth is, it's a bit of a mouthful, but what it, it means is that you expose the, the, the interface to something mm-hmm. as a set of commands. Yep. You know, be they 
whatever they may be, and we won't dive into the tech. Mm. On, we'll leave that to another podcast. But for me, that's what it's about. Um, and the API economy is just the next iterative step of that world. It's starting to say, you don't have to be Amazon to, to be able to leverage and utilize APIs. No, and I think it's an interesting point you make, because as, as much as the, there was an email from the owner of Amazon, we're seeing now government are actually setting legislation saying that, you know what, if you're a bank, you have to have open yep. APIs. You have to allow your customer to see, actually, where is my money best today? Is it best yeah. with you, Mr. Bank A, or should it be with Bank B for yep. the next prolonged period? So as you say, it's, it's almost, in that scenario, giving the customer the information they want to work with by going into this mm. different API and this one, correlating that down to something that they can work with and is, is manageable to them. And I yeah. think it's even more than that. It's not even that they have to do it through APIs, I think the only way that they could actually do that a scalable way is via APIs. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. what's really, really cool about this. And, and, and for me, you know, the API economy starts when, as an organization, I mean, for example, us, we have a huge quantity of data about solutions, about the industry, about all sorts of things. Now, at the moment, that's locked away in our databases, locked away in our enterprise data warehouses. Imagine oh, if... Precious. Ex exactly. But here's the thing, right? Is it that precious of mm. data? True. It is. So how, how do we make money out of that data over and above our own sort of consumption? Yep. Well, we expose that data as an API and we start to offer it to our resellers to say, you want to consume you know, industry information, you want to consume information on solutions, information on X, Y, Z to enhance your decision-making capabilities, mm -hmm. we could almost become our own sort of open data organization yeah. by selling it via an API. Sell mm -hmm. it per click, sell it per gig, sell it per thousand um, requests. Mm -hmm. I don't care. But that, for me, is the definition of API economy. You're all of a sudden saying, I've got this thing that's buried away. Oh, I can start to monetize that. Well, this is the thing. We've, we've spoken on on other podcasts, like the, like the big data podcast, about, you know what, the the data that I gather as a business, yeah, as part of my, my day-to-day operation, yes, it's important, and as you've just said there, yes, it has a value to me. But does that extend to 100% of that data? Possibly, but more likely is not. Mm. So I'm gathering and I'm hoovering up shed loads of data that I'm only using in a fraction of. So yes, from a big data perspective, yeah. how do I gain more value out of that, out of a bigger percentage of that? But that's still going to leave me with a pot of data, which, again, this idea of data being the next oil, and we've heard all this before, but, but actually, if I can expose that through APIs, that allows me, like you've just said there, to monetize it. Yep. I can actually create another income stream. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I think the way I try and, and get APIs right in my head is that... These are these are almost building blocks for me. So so data is a building block. It's like Lego bricks. Other construction plastic toys are available as well. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's contagious, isn't it? it? Yeah. Um, but it, they are these these are building blocks. You know, building bricks to you know you could have APIs for data. Could have APIs for for some of the services. I could have APIs to plug into other vendor services and third party pieces. And all of a sudden, I can instead of having to you know, there's, there's a common use term in in application development roll my own. Mm. I don't have to do that anymore. I can start. Yeah. I can start leveraging best of breeds. I yep. can start leveraging common standards that you know people have used elsewhere, and it's proven and. Yes, I de-risk. Yes, I accelerate my time to market. Yeah, why, why would we not look at this? Why would we not well, sort of... It comes right forward? back to the first comment Matt made about 
Google Maps. Google Maps yep. absolutely is an online mapping service, but it's also a very, very, very powerful API mm. that you can not just get map information back, but you can do everything you can do in the web portal via the API. Um, and it's an incredibly powerful thing that now I don't need to, uh, to do it. Do you know what? Talking of, of how ridiculously easily you can get hold of APIs. So I was building a, a very, very simple security product the other day to sort of prove the point of APIs. I needed some random numbers for encryption. And believe it or not, there is a API at, I think it was random.io, um, that literally gave Brilliant. you, it was a random number generator as a REST API. <laughs> so I can literally, instead of having to write my own piece of code, I literally just query this API with one single line that just says, give me a random number between dirt and dirt, and bingo, I've got a random number every single time, up to like <laughs> 24 digits. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, right? Along with the... If I, if I look at DevOps again as an example, yes, mm. there's different products there, but a lot of what works for the customer is what's right from that time. And is that open source? Maybe, I don't know. Mm. A similar thing with looking at the, the Google as an example. Often, in my mind anyway, they are the go-to mapping application. If that's the case, there's a reason why. So instead of trying to change the world and then trying to change what's, what's going there, why don't you add your layer on, add mm. what you're adding as your value exactly. on top of that. Exactly. So you're not recreating something, you're just adding your additional value to that solution. Oh, as such. It comes back to, and just to quickly say, that was random.org. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll check it out. <laughs> Thank <Sure>. you. <laughs> um, no, no, but just to say, th that's a really good point, because it comes back to, if you've only got to create 20% unique code, and everything else you can just leverage via open APIs or closed APIs, it doesn't really matter, mm. um, immediately you've sped up your time to market, you've sped up your ability to transform, that's only good. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. only going to be a good thing. And that's the power of APIs, that, that open interface. Um, mm. So obviously, a lot of the things we've spoken about are, are how we can, what the API economy is. But I mean, I suppose one of the other things that, that I see, and this is hugely underutilized, but I often get asked, um, you know, if you got made redundant, from Arrow tomorrow or fired or whatever. Likely. Hopefully not. <laughs> it's very likely. <laughs> not the redundancy, the firing. The firing, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what would you go and do? And every single time, my answer is, I would start an integration uh, reseller or an integration partner. Because I, I will bear witness to that. You have said that yeah, before. Many, yeah. many times. I'll come and, along with you on the ride. Well, why? Because the truth is, you can sell people as much stuff as you want, on-prem, off-prem, cloud, SaaS, whatever. But unless you start connecting this stuff together, it is literally another silo of data. And actually, I could yep. prove very, very quickly and very, very easily that silo A and silo B, the time it's taking for you to copy and paste that data between those two locations, you know, database A, okay, oh, we've added a record there, let's quickly add it there. The time it takes for human beings to do that just pales in significant over... over Pales in insignificance over one year mm -hmm. to the time to the cost of writing an API that will last forever. Mm. That literally links the two systems and syncs them up. You remove human error. You remove the time that it takes for that person to write the write the record in two locations. And this is just a really really simple example. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's is that I, important to me? I, I'll I'll dumb it down <laughs> to my you, level. You so yeah, that that's that's quite low. Um, yeah, we've. We've covered topics like IoT, so the Internet of Things. We've covered big data. Uh, and, and in all those podcasts, we've talked about 
identifying and delivering on a business need. Yeah. So how do you take various data sets from open source, structured, unstructured, within your business, outside your business, bought in, open, whatever? How do you take... Um, a data feed from a remote sensor? How do you bring that into a cloud solution? How do you build that solution and deliver a service to fit that business need? The glue that ties all those together, or well, I say tie, can tie them all together, the, the, the magic wand, the silver bullet that makes life a lot easier in delivering that at a technology level, it's APIs. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been talking more and more recently to organizations and they say, why, why should I care? And the first thing I go to them is, do you have customers? <laughs> often they do. <laughs> often, often they That's have customers. quite succinct. Yes. Yeah, often they do. And you want their journey, you want their experience to be the best it can. And yeah. as, as Dave alluded to earlier, why would you want to write that from scratch when you can call upon other people's, gain the insight you need for them? Again, yep. look at, look at TripAdvisor, as I said to earlier. Why are they using, why are they integrating the Uber API? The reason is it gives their customer experience or customer better experience they're staying on their website for longer. Why, why wouldn't they do it? Mm. Is a question I've got. And I guess going back to, to what Richard just said about uh, taking it from transistors or taking it from devices, this plays into the I IoT uh, play, which you've spoken mm. about before. Mm -hmm. If you've got a device, say, for example, connected home, you've got sensors on, on different elements, on doors, yep. windows, why don't you play in something like the weather.com and their APIs? When you know there's rain on the way, close the windows. Yeah. So it's not just a customer experience. It can be making making life easier, making it uh, more succinct. And, and I think that's a bigger play of it as well. It's the way that everything's going, if you like it or not. We yeah. said in IoT 101, and I don't want to labor the IoT piece, but we said in the 101 podcast that weird, wacky, innovative, out there ideas and concepts that people turn into an IoT prototype or, or take out to market as, as, as an IoT service or solution. Um, you know, regardless of the plethora that are out there and, and the initial service that's offered, there will be, I guarantee, and I stand by that comment from previous podcasts today, there will be people that will enhance a pre-existing service oh, or look to bolt something yeah. on. Absolutely. And again, how are you going to do that? The easiest way for people to do it is if you expose an API. Oh, and by the way, TripAdvisor has an API. Hey, so this is the thing, okay? So, so for analytics, for example, I am a travel company, or I am a, a hotelier, and I want to gain more insight about my um, my competitors in in a geographic location. Now, I can do one of two things: mm. I can go and spend a lot of money on expensive surveys and muck about left, right, and centre, or I can simply ingest the TripAdvisor API, suck all that data in, and say, ah. I've got thousands of people who are highly motivated to talk positively or negatively about my competitors and, and put on highly curated, um, cur curated, that's the one, um, content, away we go. It's an interesting point. I've just been looking at a book on <coughs> a holiday. Star ratings to me are dead. Three star, four star, five star <laughs> hotels. Yeah, it's, oh, not, exactly. it's nice to have. <laughs> just, you know like, just like Mr. McLean, he turns left when he enters the plane. Yeah. I'd prefer to have a five star TripAdvisor rated. You are absolutely three right. Three star yeah. hotel. You are yeah, absolutely yeah. right. The new sort of um, reviews are no longer what the product description or the product star rating is. It's all about people. 
Yeah, yeah. Because you're right. So many people are now because it's been made so prolific. You it know, goes back to what I said, right? Customer so experience. Yeah. What of actual real life people? What What's oh. their experience with this? Yeah. Do you know what? In the spirit of the shared economy and things like that, I, I, I'm going to share a dirty secret from my past. Oh dear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the late night one, right? No, <laughs> no, no. It's, look, I, I've served. I've served my penis. My my dirty secret is before I became an IT professional. <coughs> Take the professional. He was a travel agent. Uh, do you know Trevor. what? You're not far off. Oh, really? I was an estate agent. Oh, even worse. I was I, I was a val- <laughs> I was a valuer in the city of the damned. Um, I, uh, uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> oi, oi, come on, calm down. Lovely. Um, so, uh, and this is, uh, I, I was on a I was on a graduate program when when I left university, and I was on a graduate program with with a, a large high street bank who happened to own. A, a, an estate agency, and um, you know this was before the days of you know the the aggregation sites. So there were no Zoopla, there were no right moves, and there was none of this. So, yeah, you know, our APIs were in our head. Yeah, you know, we we had nothing other than the Friday Property Press, and you would collate and cut and paste and create your own workbooks. You would go out, you would keep an eye on what boards are up everywhere, and you would compare and contrast the hardware. Now, that took time. And when you moved branch, your, your workbook died with you because it was a different area. Yeah. If you went and covered somewhere, you kept your fingers crossed that the value was there, I'd left the books. If they were, if they were in the back of the car and they'd gone off hill and you were covering for a few days, you, 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 you really again. were. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you were no better than your customer because you didn't have a clue. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you'd revert to type by going, right, uh, this isn't a survey. Um, my valuation is subjective. My valuation is subjective because I haven't got, got a clue. <laughs> Brilliant. How much do you think it's worth? Um, <laughs> how much would you pay? <laughs> yeah, how much would you pay for your own house? But the, the, the point is, yeah, think about the concept now when, yeah, Matt, you've just bought a house, you did your research. You went on those aggregation sites. You looked at what properties were were on the market for. Yeah, you could go to you can go to websites and access what properties actually sold for. We all become instant yep. experts, and this is the point I'm making. Exposing an API to a different data set allows you to not become an expert, but it allows you to ingest a, a shed load, an mm. absolutely immense amount, and an immense variety of information that might not be. It, it might not. You might not think it's connected, but it has an influence and it has an inference on what you're trying to achieve. Now, think about that that horrible, horrible former life of mine, and and how difficult it was to access that data. The analogy with that is that's what working in a closed development environment is like. You write it yourself. You live and die by your view of the world. And, and you know what? This this brings an exciting area for me. I don't know if you've heard of Tepelo. Tepelo, Easy, so the EasyJet brand as well have one for, for homes. The way that the APIs have gone and the likes of Rightmove, Zoopla and so forth, yep. companies can now have online only, don't have any brick and mortar, yep. estate agents. I know. It's where uh, you take the pictures, you list it, Sarah Beanie yep, does it. Sarah Beanie, isn't it? And the reason why it works is because the APIs feed back into Rightmove, Zoopla, yeah, yeah. which yep. 90% of people use these days. So fr- yeah. shop fronts are dead. Zoopla, mm-hmm. right oh, move, APIs yeah, are the way to go. I was going to say, right move and Zoopla both have APIs. Yeah. Yep. yeah. 
So there you go. I, I actually think you'd struggle to find an organization that doesn't have an API these days. A, a proper, you know, organization. Somebody with a significant online. web presence, somebody yeah. with a significant set of data. But it's also a great way, if you don't have a significant web presence, to, to come across a lot bigger than you actually are. Mm. Because if you've got... So this is the thing, right? So so we've, we've, we've sort of spoken about the API economy. We've spoken about making money out of APIs. We've spoken about... Um, sort of using APIs to integrate or bits of organizations that might be disparate at the moment to increase um, efficiencies. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've always found is that um, if you are creating an, an API from scratch and you're trying to monetize, one of the most important things is the developer community, is um, being able to actually... Well, the whole purpose for me of having an API as, as a, an organization like right move or like Twitter is that people can then leverage your information and create and use it to make really interesting applications um, and really interesting use cases. What if that's your sales data? What if that's uh, yeah, an FD of a large retailer looking at you know, a rather than a hunch on what he thinks his store performance has been for the, for the last 24 hours? What if it's a, a dashboard to say, right, Look at what the performance of my outlets are uh, and actually kind of correlate that to other data that's coming in. So major yeah. sporting event, the weather, um, transport chaos and things like that. Yeah. It's all about, as we've said in countless podcasts, it's all about the business outcome. And it's about not just being able to gather the data, not being able to just deliver it in a timely manner to the right person in the organization who can either then make an onward decision, provide feedback, or actually can do their job more efficiently, more effectively. It's, you know, it, it, it's being able to do all of that in the context of, you know, do we really care if we're talking big data? Do we really care if we're talking IoT? No, we're not. What we're looking for is we're looking for the outcome. Yep, exactly. And if we can, dis if we can demonstrate how, how happy London is, then we can apply that through the API, through the concept, through the reference architecture, we can apply that in countless other areas. Awesome. Awesome. Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> another one. Saying, I've got to stop saying the bombshell because I think I say at the end of every single podcast. You but do. On that fantastic Interlude. <laughs> Screw it. On that bombshell. Um, thank you very, very much, Matt, for coming along. You're welcome. Um, we have burnt another half an hour of uh, of listening in your ears <laughs> as opposed <laughs> as opposed to listening through your api there we go consider that one rescued there you go. thank you very much and on that note thank you rich thank you hannah thank you matt my name is david fern and you've been listening to arrow bandwidth we'll see you next week thank you very much see you next week cheers bye bye, -bye. Safe. bye.